welcome to the Health and Wellness Made Easy podcast, where we're focused on helping you love the life you already have through human design. I'm your host, Coach Laura Adair with Compassionate Coaching, and I am so glad you're here. If you are feeling unsatisfied with your life, if you're putting up with what does not serve you, or burning up all your precious energy trying to be something or someone you're not, welcome, my friend. You're in the right place. We're here to bring you a sacred space for stepping into your authentic self, the one you were designed to be. Using transformational coaching and human design tools, I can help you fully embrace who you are at your core so that you can love the life you already have. Today, I have a great guest. I have Mickey Gaffin Stone, and Mickey brings her natural intuition to each and every analysis of human design. Formerly known to everyone as the compassionate coach, Mickey views the world through a deeply compassionate lens. Her mission is to reveal individual human design, empowering each person to find their true alignment while developing a heartfelt understanding and intrinsic rightness of themselves. Mickey loves to engage in fascinating conversations with the most interesting people. I'm going to take that as a compliment, and this means all of you as well. She's thrilled to bring you answers to your questions, spoken and as yet unknown. Oh my gosh, it's so nice to have you here with us today. Mickey, welcome. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. And here I am for a fascinating conversation. Absolutely. I'm so looking forward to learning all about you. Would you start us off by telling us sort of who you are, where you are in the world and what you do? Okay. So I am currently based in Southern Colorado. I'm not from here, as you can tell from my accent. This is actually the, the U.S. is the eighth country I've lived in. Um, this Colorado is a second state I've lived in since I've been in the U.S. Uh, I'm here with my husband, who is a science fiction author. We have five kids between us, not in the house. We have five dogs and five cats. They are in the house. And I have a like a kaleidoscope career behind me. So I've done a lot of different things living in different countries, uh, depending on where I am as to what I'm kind of needed to do. I've also, you know, raised two kids while traveling around the world. So that puts a different slant on things. Um, most recently, I'm a board certified behavior analyst, which means uh, I have the science of behavior change and a lot of time spent working with families with kids with autism, ADHD, um, all sorts of diagnoses. I don't actually care what the diagnosis is. To me, that's not the important part. It's what do you have that you need to work on? And we bring behavior change into that. Then as I got more into coaching and less into working for an ABA company, um, I came across someone who was into human design and they said, well, you know, with all the things you do, why aren't you incorporating human design? And I thought, well, I don't know. I guess I hadn't really thought of putting the two things together. And when I did, I discovered that, wow, you know, <laughs> wow, human design plus parent coaching, for example, is incredible. I mean, as you know, when, when you put the child's chart and the parent's chart together and you see what works and what sparks, you, you can really help the parent to figure out, okay, maybe I don't push my child at this point and maybe I do push them at that point and what that looks like. 
And it sort of started there and then expanded into, I love to do everybody's chart. Like I'm just, I start talking to you, I want to do your chart. Like, what have you got? Yes. Yeah. I want to see everybody's chart. Right? It's, yeah. it's just, it's so interesting. I find myself trying to guess what somebody's profile is. And I'm usually pretty close too. If I've talked Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's as we get into this and learning about human design, it's like, I can see, I can see the not self theme like really clearly. Right. And, yes. and sometimes if I happen to be particularly sensitive to it, I can see someone's and feel someone's channel, right? Oh, there's that channel of judgment or there's that channel of, oh, wow. You know, and it's crazy. It's usually right on. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. I love it when that happens, but it, it's so interesting because you're listening to the person as, as you would listen as a coach, but mm-hmm. then you're also listening on another level at the same time. Like, where am I hearing some stuckness with that mm-hmm. not self theme coming up? And, ooh, why is that coming out? And, ah, where are they going here? And there's just mm-hmm. there's so much going on that you kind of, I'm sure you do exactly the same. You just get immersed in the whole conversation, the oh, chart, yeah. and everything else sort of around you stops. Oh, absolutely. And then I'll hear like repeating words, right? Mm. Like we'll have a conversation and I have a defined head and mind center and it's cataloging, cataloging. And you know, I'm like, yeah, oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> we can figure so much stuff out together. That is like, and I and I take note of what the person's saying, and there'll be like a repeating phrase or a word, like I hear, I hear, I hear, or I see, I see, I see, or I take I mean, care, I care, I care, I care about everybody else. And then, you know, and not hearing any self-care. That was actually a recent conversation I had. And it was like, what I'm hearing you say is repeatedly that you're taking care of others and not yourself. Now, how mm-hmm. let's, let's take a look at how we can shift that. And so I just love the languaging here because it takes, it takes coaching and counseling and psychology to such a deeper level. And I think we have really profound results that happen way more quickly. Would you agree? I would. I really would, because it gives you human design, gives you a direction to work in. So I have four degrees. I have sociology and Mm -hmm. psychology and, you know, I'm board certified behavior analyst, as I mentioned. So very sciencey. But I find that that's all great in its place. But you need a little more to really speak to the individual and with mm-hmm. human design, you know, if I know somebody has got a triple split definition, I'm going to look at where's the authority, where's the secondaries, you know, like what, how's this working for this person and how are they not listening? And just starting there can be such a help before you bring in the sciencey stuff. Mm-hmm, for sure. For so. sure. But it just seems like, I don't know, when we add human design to anything, it like supercharges it because it's like a yeah. supercharged modality. Yeah. If we're lack of a, would we call it a modality? Is that the right word for that? I don't see why not. Yeah. Okay. And, well, and I think I think it just fast tracks where you're going. You don't have to spend that time searching. How does this person respond to this? How do they think about that? You, you can really get moving so much quicker mm-hmm. and with more certainty because you really know, okay, this person is going to have to take time and feel into their sacral authority before mm-hmm. they make this decision. And so you're going to slow it down for them. Or maybe you know that this person needs options. This person needs open-ended questions. I mean, that saves so much time right there. Yeah. And and you just get 
to the responses you're looking for so much quicker. Yeah, so, I yeah. think the transformation is just so fast and so for profound. I know my personal journey into human design was mind blowing. Okay. And there's no other way. It was mind, right? epically mind blowing, right? I wonder, would you mind sharing your story into human design? Like when you first found human design and you discovered you had an energy type and an authority and there, there were some things going on there. I know some of the things about my first introduction it basically pissed me off. Right. I'm like, what, why would somebody be designed this way? And then as soon as I kind of embraced, like, this is how that works. I was like, Oh, it's brilliant. Right. So I'm wondering, can you share a little about what it was like to learn your human design? What was that journey like for you? Sure. I, I think the overriding emotions I had initially were along the lines of you're kidding me. That's why I do that. Mm. Oh my God. And then That was followed with a whole lot of feeling validated. So, for example, I do I study all the time. My kids joke that I have enough certificates. I can put them on the bedspread, take a photo and make a bedspread. Mm -hmm. And I think they're right. I don't actually know how many I have. I'm always learning just because, you know, I love learning. And then, well, there's a certificate. So sure, I'm going to do that. Well, that's a little unusual right? People don't usually do that. And I was feeling a bit um, self-conscious, you know, and like, I maybe I shouldn't let people know I do this. <laughs> Seems a little weird. And then I discovered, well, actually, you know, you have this channel 35 going on that says you need to learn from all the experiences and question everything and make it into something new. And that, of course, hooks me on that channel. Like what? I need to know more about this. Explain this to me. Where are we going? And boom, one rabbit hole and off I go. So I really appreciated being getting that validation for one thing. And then once I discovered that, you know, how I respond when I'm out of alignment, so many things that I thought ought to be working and weren't suddenly made sense. Like, oh, that's not working because that's not right for me. Okay. Let's see how I can move from that. And the whole thing was just this beautiful experiment of, wow, now I can see what's up. How do I do this differently? And, you know, as you know, there's a whole world in human design where you can decondition out of these things that you're doing that don't help you. Mm -hmm. And every time you say no to something that needs a no, you make more room for yes. And that's like, what? Oh my God. It's just being given the keys to the city, you know, for sure. Look at what I can do. (laughs) Look at me. I can do. I love that. Right. Do you have have like a, a real life example of that? Um, well, I had a job that I was doing and it was like, working it, it was like walking through mud um mm. the, there was nothing wrong with the people I was working for there was nothing I could do the job but I was having a tougher and tougher time showing up and I could not for the life of me figure out what my problem was and then I realized I was in a place of should and ought and I was in somebody else's pigeonhole. I was in, do, doing what somebody else thought I ought to be doing. And it so wasn't resonating with me that I literally hit a full stop. It was like hitting a brick wall, burnout, absolute. And I quit the next day. Like Good I was for just, you. 
I, I just yeah. I knew I couldn't do it anymore. And I also knew that, okay, this is how I show up when I'm out of alignment. And I am seriously out of alignment right now. And it wasn't fair to the company to keep going. For sure. Oh, good. Anybody. No, well, good for you for going. Yeah. You know what? I'm out of alignment. This doesn't feel good. And, you know, of course, I, I believe the not self theme for you would be an anger type response, right? Frustration. 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 Yeah. And, and literally <laughs> frustration, as you know, not only emotionally, but also the way I like to describe it is when you're pushing on a door that needs to be pulled. You can push in every place you like to push and you can push as hard as you like and you can kick it if you want to, but it's not going to open because it needs to be pulled. You're in the wrong place doing the wrong thing for you. Somebody else is going to come and pull it and they'll be fine. And, And I was really pushing on this door and it just wasn't my door. I love Wait, what a beautiful analogy. I love it. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. So is there a particular part of human design that um, currently lights you up kind of, so to speak? Is there like, because like, I, I think we were talking before the show, I'm currently learning gene keys, not ready to really go into that because there's so much to assimilate and process still, but is there a particular part that you find just really juicy right now about human design? Human design itself would be incarnation crosses. I Mm. find that really fascinating, but that also takes you straight to gene keys. And I suspect you're a little further along than I am with the gene keys, but I have all the information and I'm, I'm at the sort of looking at it and boy, there's a lot, you know, it's wow. I, I feel like this is a very large rabbit hole that I will disappear down and come out in 10 years time. <laughs> but you know what? I think the timeline is just really speeding up. And when we look at this great big chunk of encyclopedic information, what what has taken some people the typical seven years to learn human design, I've come all the way to Gene Keys in just under a year. Wow. So yeah. know that, and it's not just because I'm a manifesting generator. I think that that, 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 that the world needs it so much that it's like speeding up. Yeah, I think you could be right. Well, yes. Really, just a couple of years ago, I don't think anybody knew what human design was. And now I'm seeing people talk about it all over the place. So it's really sort yeah. of bubbling up and, and coming to, but oh, I digress back to incarnation crosses. <laughs> Let's tell people what their incarn- incarnation cross is, like what's it made of and, and what is it, what does it mean? Oh, gosh. Um, You would ask me that one. (laughs) I could ask you a different question or you could give me a different answer. We're wide open to whatever you want to talk about today. Yeah, no, I'm I'm just sort of at the point where I'm diving into what it means for the individual. You know, it's it's a piece of information that you don't generally get when you go for your chart. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when you first download your chart, even if you go to my website, you can have your chart. I'm not going to tell you about your incarnation cross. Because it really needs to be individualized based on all the other things going on in your chart as well. But it affects your overall purpose and how how you get to that purpose. Like my overall purpose is to get all the information I can, make something new of it and give it out to the world. It's basically what comes from my incarnation cross and the the channel 35 that I mentioned is part of that incarnation cross. So the significant parts of your circuitry are in your incarnation cross. And that comes from um, 
just four houses that give you your positions. And that's, it looks like a small piece of information, but it's actually crucial. Extremely. Like this is about our life purpose. Our incarnation cross is basically why we're here. Yep. Right. And it'll tell us something about our journey. Now, of course, it's different for every single person because each each gate in human design represents something different for people. And, you know, those gates that we have, of course, are deep rabbit holes all on their own that can tell us a whole lot. So it is a little bit complicated, although get a reader, get either one of us. We'll give you your incarnation cross if you're interested in learning what it is. Um, We can't tell you what it is because we don't know your information because it's so personal to each person. The way it's described, I'm a right angle cross of the four ways. Do you know the name of your incarnation cross? I am the cross of consciousness. Excellent. So we have like a left angle, right angle, and that right angle, that's the very first part of it. And you can even see that in your report. It may, your free human design report may tell you what your incarnation cross is. And the Mm. simple key, the left or right angle tells you whether you are on a personal journey to have mastery in yourself or whether you're on an interpersonal journey. That's the right angle is that interpersonal journey where it's about collaboration and and enriching our tribal experience. Right. Right. I'm following along with that. So oh, thank you. Well, you know, I've it's amazing how much information is in here. All you have to do is ask me a question. I don't know what I know till you ask me and then I know what I know. That's how I respond. more about human design. But um, yeah, incarnation crosses are really deep and really fascinating. And, you know, I recommend getting your basic human design reading first, which gives you your energy type, your strategy and authority, because no matter how deep you get, we always come back to your energy type, your strategy, your authority kind of thing. They're they're basically what you are. And then from that, you can get to the things you need to do or the things that work for you. So it's like you can't make the decisions without knowing your basic chart readings. So, you know, mm-hmm. or at least not decisions that are going to be the best ones for you. And that's uh, yeah. that's so helpful because we're always raised with use your head, think about it. You know, what what do you think is the best decision? And logically it should be this, but none of us actually have that as the prime decision maker. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. So, but we're taught that it is. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you you can be pretty sure we're all out of alignment to some degree or other. And, you know, I love that human design is becoming more popular, more widespread now. And I would love for parents to get a hold of it with their kids because this is an opportunity to have a lot less conditioning on the kids. So they can do some amazing things, which is basically what we need in this world right now. Mm. We really need the next generation, the, the current generations too, as far as possible, to be in alignment and to get some things done. Yeah, to be you because everybody else is taken. Right. <laughs> right. I like that it's saying. Just, yes, yeah. it's, it's like how to be you. And instead of trying to make somebody into something else, letting them be them and understanding who they are, who we are, who they are, how do we fit together? That it, it just takes all of the judgment mm-hmm. out of the equation. Like, why do you always do that? It's sort of like uh, my husband and I have a different authority. That's our decision-making process. I'm a sacral authority and I'm really fast. I'm uh-huh, uh-uh. 
And the more I work with that, the more clear it is. And I know exactly when I'm getting a yes and a no. Now he has emotional authority and it goes a little slower. He has to wait to ride out the wave. And then maybe he takes another run through the wave and then he comes and then boom, he's got a decision and he does and it won't budge, right? Boom, that's it. And so you can imagine I'm really fast and, and he takes a longer amount of time that that could cause some friction. But oh, now, yeah. but when we understand that's how he makes his decisions and I respect it, mm-hmm. I honor it and I hold the space for him because his process is so precious and so valuable Yeah, to, to, to everyone. I I think that is a huge value from human design is that alone, even if you don't get anything else, understanding the people that you live with, Mm -hmm. whether you're the parent, they're the parent, it's your partner, combination thereof, you know, it's just amazing to know how those other people work and how you work, because then you understand oh, I get frustrated at this time because he does that or he doesn't do this. And once you realize that that's just a response that you don't have to run with, yeah. you know, it's it's just there, then you can sort of give that other person the space they need and you can ask for the space you need. Yeah. And I think that's huge. You know, sometimes I'll be asked open-ended questions. Do, what do you want to do with such and such? And I can immediately say, whoa, I have no idea. Give me some options. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't even try because I know I will get very frustrated if I try and pick things out of the air. There's too many options. I can't pick one. Just give me a few and I'll be good to go. I can give you a decision right away. Right. And that just saves so much time and sort of indecision, right? It takes away the indecision because I'm being asked the way I can respond. Right. Because with your sacral authority, it has to come in a yes or a no format. Right. I I basically need options that I can from and I'm good to go, (laughs) which means in exams, like this is great for um, anybody who's doing exams, multiple choice. I love multiple choice. (laughs) I'm great with multiple choice. (laughs) I'm not a fan of the short answers, you know, Um, essays. Yes, I can write those. That's a different thing. But you know, give me multiple choice and I will sit an exam for you that I haven't even studied for. And I'll probably pass because I really like multiple choice and I can get into, oh, this is how the question's worded. So this is probably what they want. You know, and some people will run away screaming when they see multiple choice, (laughs) but it's in my design. Like actually, yeah, I'm I'm made to do those kind of exams. Those are easy for me. That's amazing. It's, it's just, it's so deep and so broad and so wide, everything that the human design can do for you. And it just continues to blow my mind and light me up at the same time. And that's just right? perfect for perfect for my design for sure. Yeah. Well, let's segue just a little bit. Um, the name of the, you know, this the subtag title on the podcast is Learning to Love the Life You Have with Human Design. Um, What advice might you give to listeners who maybe aren't exactly satisfied with their life that would like to step into learning to love the life they already have? Well, one of the first things I'd like to examine with the person is what is it that they're dissatisfied with? And is it something that needs an attitude adjustment? Or is it, you know, will that be enough to put you in alignment? Or is it something that you can let go of? 
you know, and if it's if it's a small thing like, uh, you know, quitting your job is is kind of a, a hefty move. And I don't recommend that for everybody. But there could be something you're doing. Like I always go to the movies on a Friday night with this group of people. But actually, I don't really like going to the movies. Well, that could be enough to put your energy off for the weekend. You know, that that could be enough that you say no to doing that. You've made a little room for yes. So it's not a drastic change in your life, but it's it's a little tweak. And and then very often just understanding why things sort of rile you, whether it whether it makes you angry with your type or bitter or whether it makes you frustrated, you know, you will recognize what it is through human design and then make a choice. Like, is that something I need to keep doing? Or can I think about it differently? Like, There's all sorts of different approaches you can do. It just depends on how big the thing is, how attached to it you are, um, whether it's a person or a place, that kind of thing. Cool, cool. It's, uh, you know, meet, it's meeting people where they are. What yeah. Are what are you currently struggling with? And is it something that we can let go of? <laughs> right. Uh, excellent, excellent question. And sometimes the, the struggle itself can be coming from the not self. Like if if you're doing something, but it's too easy and other people are saying, well, you, you have to struggle, you know, every day you get up and work hard and do all these things and, you know, life has to be miserable so that you can succeed. Well, if things are coming easy, you might be telling yourself, hey, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not struggling. Why aren't I struggling? I should be doing these other things instead. And you can get yourself in a, in a whole mess actually just by looking at it from somebody else's point of view, but maybe you are in alignment. Like that's something that I don't think we should discount before looking at it. Maybe you are where you want to be and you just think you shouldn't. Yes. There's that should word. I keep hearing that. Like I said, I catalog all those. Yep. People (laughs) should on themselves all the time. Should, should, should. Every time I I hear that word should anymore, I'm like, I really, it it cues me and it it trips a little switch that has me really focused, like laser focus in on it. And where are you saying should in your life? Like I really should, you know, find a better job or um, get divorced or get married or have kids or not have kids, or I really should. And really, that's just us in our head shooting all over ourselves, right? Oh, and I love the conversation about, well, I should have kids now. Okay, let's sit down for an hour and just look at that one, shall we? Yeah. Because there's a lot of conditioning around that kind of thing and yeah. and judgment about your choices. You know, what do you mean you don't have kids? Why? Oh, I'm so sorry. Can't you have them? And it's like, <laughs> no, actually, I didn't choose any, you know, and, and people still have issues with that, which to me is bizarre. But there's conditioning around it. And so when I hear, you know, oh, I should have kids or my parents want me to X or, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh, OK, we have a whole conversation right on this thing. Let's yeah. Just look at that. That's right where that limiting belief lives, right yep. in that brain says that limiting belief. It's like it, telling you, you should be something other than you are, right? Right. And, and I, wow. I did a chart for a doctor, medical doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, she had been in practice for five years and couldn't stand it anymore. And oh, she quit. Wow. Quit, and now she's a life coach. And the reason she became a medical doctor in the first place was because that was the expectations of her family. And she hated it all the way through. She hated Mm. medical school. I mean, she could do it, 
but she was so not in alignment. It wasn't funny. And she was very miserable with it. And, you know, eventually she couldn't stand it anymore. And uh, she quit and went into life coaching and she's a much happier person. So should she be a doctor? Well, (laughs) I would say no, because it wasn't in alignment for her. But, you know, I can Mm -hmm. see why her parents would think that was a good idea. Absolutely. But, you know, there again, that is, you know, living up to the expectations of somebody else and thinking we should be something other than we are. And that's the whole point behind human design is to let go of the inauthenticity and that misalignment and to step into an aligned version of who we really are at our core. And recognizing, recognizing that actually that doesn't belong to me. I don't want to do that. I was always told that was what I should want to do. And that alone is quite powerful, I think. Just recognizing, oh, hey, the reason I'm not happy with this is because somebody else said I should be doing it. Yeah, yeah. Those shoes don't fit. <laughs> right? And it's I like, know. but but I don't want to be, you know, an engineer. I want to be an artist. Yeah. Well, I'd rather an artist was giving me some beautiful artwork rather than building a bridge, wouldn't you? Mm, for sure. <laughs> <You know? laughs> <laughs> hey, give give me an engineer that's aligned, please. Yeah. Oh, you know well, I mean? let's talk. Let's talk about your doctor client. Do you want to be treated by that doctor right. who is so out of alignment and so miserable and just wants to quit? You know, what kind of care is that doctor actually going to provide when they're standing there hating what they're doing? It's like, wow. And and I'm sure she followed the books and did all the things the way she was supposed to do them, but her heart wasn't in it. And I don't know how much compassion you can get from somebody who hates what they're doing. But, you know, you and I have both followed the compassionate route. And and that's just something you have to do if that's what you have. Mm -hmm. Um, And to, to be absent of compassion, I think, would be very tough. Like, yeah. And to be the recipient of assistance from somebody that doesn't have compassion is just kind of cold and unfeeling, I would think. It is. And I've actually had more than one physician that I've interacted with in my life that did not have that compassion, that was not in alignment with themselves, that appeared cold and unfeeling and uncaring. And I am not afraid to fire somebody who is treating no matter what profession, whether it's a doctor or whether it's a clerk to store, doesn't matter where they are. When somebody is in that space of complete misalignment, you know, we don't want what they have. Right. And we don't even want to be in that energy. Right. And I, yeah. I think in a way it's helpful to let them know that mm-hmm. hopefully, certainly if they can follow up with some human design after that sure. to figure out why they're doing the thing they don't want to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think whatever your life position is, there are some changes that you can make and it just doesn't matter where you are. There is something you can do to make things better and more aligned. And from there, positive builds on positive. So, you know, you can make changes from wherever you're at right now. And age doesn't matter either. I hear that one periodically. I'm too old to do things differently. What does that even mean? Like, what? <laughs> I, th- I think I'm hearing some conditioning. I don't know, yeah. but, you know. There might be a limiting belief in that. <laughs> yeah, that sounds just a, a, one. Yeah. a, a smidge one. off, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm too old yeah. to do that. I don't know. Are you breathing? We're good <laughs> yeah. to go. Let's keep going. 
I think we can make changes. Yeah. I think, yeah. At any point, I think we can let go of the stuff that no longer serves us. Meaning like if I have this, I'm shooting all over myself. Like I should have gotten my medical degree. That was something that I was, uh, you know, I have certificates that could paper wallpaper my house. Right. Right. They're not like four and seven year degrees, but there's certificates and everything. Like, you know, I know a little uh-huh. bit about a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> I'll bet we have some in common too. I'll bet we do for sure. Okay. I don't know where I was going with that, but uh, where was I going with that? Help me out, Mickey. Uh, I would say being out of alignment, being, you know, want, thinking you should have followed a certain route. Like I should yeah. be a doctor by now, or I should be a lawyer, or I should be, you know, whatever you should be. I should be a parent of 10 kids or uh. I don't know, on the cover of Vogue, whatever the thing is that you didn't do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say you probably didn't really want it that much, right? Yeah. Well, I guess um, the point, of course, is it doesn't matter how intelligent and smart, how old, how young, how whatever, you know, nationality, race, religion, creed, whatever. Um, we are never too much of anything to let go of what doesn't serve us. Was the way I was kind of trying to sum that up. And that when you hear those shoulds, I should be, I should be, I should be. And we all struggle with them. Mm-hmm. That's the key. Reach out, get your human design chart, talk to someone. There's a huge human design community growing on Facebook and podcasting and LinkedIn and all over the place. Reach out to one of us, talk to Mickey, talk to me. When you're shooting on yourself, you're really holding yourself back from being from loving the life you already have, from living a life that's in alignment, that's authentic, that's, you know, what you were designed to be, right? I just want to get, I just want to shake people. You can, you're not designed to do that. You know, you're designed to live a fulfilling and joyous life of alignment and, and, you know, to be happy, joyous, and free. I sum that all up with that, you know, there's and, and I would, there. I would, I would just add to that too, that, the person who's listening to this with a case of imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. and that's like everybody, right? Sure, a little <laughs> bit, yeah. <laughs> imposter syndrome is literally when you are looking to be somebody else and you're not happy with who you are. So you think other people are somehow going to find out that you're not who they think you are. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole complex web of what are we doing here? Mm -hmm. Um, So imposter syndrome, that is something that can be cleared up really well with human design. When you know your human design, you don't need to have imposter syndrome. Isn't that amazing? And it's like, I don't, I don't need 10 years of talking about it in therapy to get through my imposter syndrome. We just look at your design and go, well, here you go. Here's who you really are. Right. Yeah. And it, it really doesn't take long to shine a light on that imposter syndrome and realize that it's just a, a fabricated limitation that you just don't have to have. And you can totally put that to one side, watch it turn to dust and then move on with your life. And yeah, it's um, in my own experience, when I come across those things, when I just like acknowledge them and, and just go, okay, I'm going to let that go. It's like gone, boom, like magic. It just poof, it's gone. And it's like, I don't even remember the things that I've let go at this point because they just boom, they're just off my map. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. It's just that, that quick. Yeah. 
I, I, I can look back at some things that I've sort of been carrying for a while, such as the imposter syndrome. I mean, mm-hmm. I already mentioned I have all these certificates and stuff and I'm still walking around with imposter syndrome. Uh-huh. So obviously a piece of paper isn't going to move it. Right. Mm-mm. And a knowledge isn't going to move it. Cause I'm always studying. So what is it? And then, you know, if you really can't grasp it, maybe it's just not really there. And in the case of imposter syndrome, it's just this fabrication of, of stuff that we put together filled with shoulds and oughts and some perception that you think somebody else might be thinking about you. And, you know, it's very complicated and none of which you, you can't know what somebody else thinks about you, nor does it really matter. That has absolutely nothing to say to who you are. So, you know, again, when you have more power through knowing yourself and your design and what you're actually here to do, I, I think that just builds a person so much that they can take on a lot more and put down the imposter syndrome and look at it for what it is, which is Mm. just this weird pile of nonsense that (laughs) go away now. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Crazy. And it is so prevalent everywhere, particularly Mm. in corporate America. I don't know if you have experience, you do, you have, you have experience in corporate America, right? No, not really. But I I, honestly, anywhere you go, I think Mm. any field you work in, I've worked in a, a, bunch of different sort of areas. I was a tropical diseases nurse. Um, I have a Montessori teacher um, <laughs> or certified behavior analyst, you know, like I've worked in different places and everywhere you go, the, there's, I don't know, this fabric of you ought to be doing this, you should be doing that. And, and when you're not, you feel somehow like you don't belong or, somebody's more than you. I don't know. You just get lost in this morass of not being aligned. It really is very sticky. It it is. And it's so beautiful that, you know, we, we talk about how, how deep and sticky and oogie this whole imposter syndrome. And, you know, I'm behaving in a way I think that you want me to behave. Right. It's like, you know, and it's all based on assumption and none of which is my business. What you think of me today is not my business. And I really could give a shit anymore, really, honestly. And I don't mean that in a cold way. It's like, it's just not my business. So right. I'm not going to try and form who I am to, based on what I think you think about me. Right. It's and, and, a fallacy in that. It's just crazy. And the thing is, what another person thinks about you actually says much more about them than it says about you. It, mm-hmm. it says where they're at in their lives and the lens they're looking at you through. But it's not actually anything to do with you on no. any level. <laughs> so, not. you know, again, it's wonderful when you can realize that and just say, oh, hey, you know, this is how I'm meant to be showing up in the world. This is what I'm going to do. It lights me up. I feel good. I'm going there. And I'm, I'm sorry you don't like it. You know, and I hope you feel better soon. <laughs> feel just, better soon. Not my business. <laughs> right? Not my monkeys. Not my problem. Not my monkey. Not my circus. <laughs> right? Yeah. I just, love that. Wow. And oh. and it's a great way to live. It really is. It's just you, you're open to so much more when you're not carrying all this baggage around. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and think of the wasted energy there. We're carrying that baggage. It's like dragging that with you everywhere you go. It's like, oh, right. honey, you can put that down. You just set it down. Totally. And the thing yeah. is, nobody else is looking at your baggage because they're all carrying their own. Yes. So, you know, really seriously, put it down, get a reading, 
figure out what your human design is. And, you know, there, there are different places you can go. You can go to Laura, you can come to me. It's it's all good. Um, the, there's so much depth you can go into or you can just get an overview. It depends on what you need. And you might want to do it slowly. You might want to learn all the things at once. And a lot of that will depend on your design. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's it's available. And that's the fabulous thing is it's really available now. Yeah. And you can start for free. Yep. You can check it out for free. You can get a free chart on the internet, uh, Jovian Archive, Genetic Matrix. My website. Uh, your website, Mickey's yep. website, my website. Just request okay. one. I'd be happy to give you a professional uh, chart PDF and send it to you. That's free because your chart's free. You can start, right. start for free. And yeah. if you really want to understand who you are and how you're designed to show up and work in the world, then you can get a reading from one of us. Absolutely. What a beautiful segue. How can we work with you, get in touch with you? What are your special offers? Is there anything cooking in your business there you can share with us? Okay. Well, the first thing is I would love for you to go to my website, which is www.gaffenstone.com. G-A-F-F-E-N, stonelikearock.com. And when you get there, you can make your chart. When your chart is made, you will have a bunch of hyperlinks that will take you to information about your chart. And it gives you a general overview of your energy type, your strategy, your authority, and it will explain what those things mean just as a general overview. And for some of you, that might be enough, in which case, great, you have some information. If you want more, I have a free resource library with some eBooks that you can download. And that again, no cost. So nothing here that I've mentioned so far costs you anything. Just go and enjoy, admire the lovely dragon and tree of life that I have on my website. I'm very pleased with it. I've seen it. It's (laughs) lovely. It's lovely. Go just to see the dragon. Okay. Really? I I love dragons. It's it's a thing for me. Um, And then if you want more information, then talk with me. Book a call. It's free. We can just have a little chat and see what kind of things interest you. How deep do you want to go? And then if you want to continue going further, we can get into your human design chart. And if you want to go further, we can go into coaching. So there's all sorts of possibilities, but there's a lot on the website that's free. And you can just go get it right now at gaffinstone.com. I love it. I am going to put the link to your website below today's episode in the show notes so that you can just click right there, go to Mickey's site, see the dragon, see her free offers. You know, it's not like, okay, I'm going to charge you $8,888 to take you through a 12 month program. No, we don't do that here. We're like, get your chart. If you need some help, really untangling deconditioning, then get some coaching from us because we're here. We're here to support you on your journey into loving the life that you already have through human design, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and, and if somebody's interested in coaching with me, I don't tend to do more than three months at mm-hmm. a time anyway, yeah. Yeah. because I think for the most part, a lot of people will be on the path they want within three months. Yeah, for sure. And that's long enough to get somewhere. And, you know, I, I anticipate that we can get it a long way in three months. And then if you want to do more, we can do more, but that's sort of where I tend to begin on the coaching. The reading is just depends on how deep you want to go. Yeah. Like your first reading, of course, in your chart with me and with Mickey is, is free. And I, I love this three month window. The 90 days is you take really 
I like personally in my in my coaching practice, I like to focus on one goal at a time and try and get you moving in that direction. And I think that 90 day period is, is a great, great window to see some really great results. Yes. And I, and I love starting there. And I think, you know, if somebody you just met and they want you to sign up for a year or three or something and pay them a lot of money, I would think about starting with a, maybe a little shorter program so you can get a taste of what it's like to work with them first. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. A year is a long time to commit to a a pathway that you might need something different after a few months. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? You'll well, find somebody, out. Well, of course I do. You know, for some advanced coaching programs, if you've been through the 90 day program with me and you're looking for ongoing support in reaching your goal, that's going to be a longer term one. We can certainly, you right. know, I do have a 12 month program, but that's not where you want to start. And it's like, you no. don't want to start with your gene keys in human design. You want to start with your energy type. <laughs> right. Because you just, you just can't know right off the bat what you're going to need. Yeah down the road. So 12 months is a long commitment, as you said, for, mm-hmm. for first go. Um, I wouldn't offer it. No. Like just like you. It's no. like, no, 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 that's <laughs> that's too much. Let's <laughs> let's see what we can do in three months first and then we'll tweak it from there. Yes, exactly. I love that. We're just like twin sisters from different mothers here. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Must be a human uh, design connection. I think so. Yeah. Um, I see a lot of similarities between the two of us. It's lovely. Let me ask you one last question, if I could. Mm. Is there anything that we didn't touch on today that you think is important to mention? Oh, that's such a good question. And I'll bet I'm going to think of a million things later. Um, I, I would say... Also look at your family charts. We kind of mentioned that, but I don't think it can be mentioned enough because Mm. sometimes if you're having difficulties in a relationship and it could be with a sibling, for example, um, my two boys, when I explained to them their different decision-making strategies, for example, that helped so much because I have one that makes decisions very quickly and the other one takes, you know, a week. And and it's the way they're designed. But these guys share an apartment together. So it's very helpful if they know that about each other. Mm. And the one who decides quickly understands that the other one is not messing around or giving, you know, being difficult. It's just how he decides. So I think we did touch on it, but I, I think we could emphasize that really knowing what other people's charts are with their permission, of course, um, as well as your own can be so helpful. You can improve your relationships, even if they're already good, you can make them that much better. Absolutely. And that's a beautiful point. Thank you for reiterating that because I think it's so important to see that this is just, there's no judgment in this. Okay. There's not one that's better or worse than the other. This is just how we are. This is how, and when we have that understanding, then we can step into this compassion for each other and, and offer that, offer that space, you know, hold that space for each other. And it's just incredible to, to get into this human design journey. Yeah. And there is no bad design. Mm -mm. So I did actually have somebody ask me, so if we work really hard to be a different design, can we do that? Mm. And I I thought that was an interesting question. And no, (laughs) that's, that's being out of alignment when you're trying Mm -hmm. to be how somebody else is. So that's, um, you know, it was a great question because it highlighted where a lot of people are stuck. Yes. You know, they, they want to be not themselves and, you know, learning your human design, you'll learn that actually being yourself is the perfect person to be. Yeah. 
because everybody else is taken. <laughs> yeah. And you're great the way you are. Yeah. So, you're you perfectly, know, perfectly. Let's defined. do that. That's the way you are. I love it. Let's just be you. It's so much easier. Yeah. Like, it wow. really is. You, you put yeah. off all this yeah. extra stuff that you're carrying that's not yours. And it's like, oh, hey, now I can have some fun. Who knew? <laughs> Beautiful. And any final words? No, I think we're good. Just, you know, yeah. contact one of us, contact somebody, get your human design chart, because I think you're going to have a blast. And the thing is, you don't have to believe anything we're saying. Check it against what you know to be true in your life and you'll see for yourself. Absolutely. Well said, Mickey. Be sure to check back for more episodes coming soon, my friends. You can find more information out about me at laurajadair.com. You're going to find all my coaching program details and offerings designed to help you love yourself just a little bit more so you can get to loving the life you already have. Until next time, my friends, be so very good to yourself.